If you're hearing this spooky podcast on an Android device, well, I hope that you're safe and snug and not in some foggy woods or an ancient castle or the abandoned weird house in your neighborhood. But if you are or aren't, you should still heed this advice, and that's to check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Thousands of good reviews to tell you how wonderful the app is for listening to podcasts so you don't have to take my word for it. Many, 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 many people have said how wonderful the Podcast Republic app is, so you should listen to them and check it out. It's the Podcast Republic app, and it's on the Google Play Store. Andrew, I've got a problem. Yes? I've been stricken with lycanthropy, and I now have just an egregious amount of body hair. Too much body hair. Too much body hair. I look like... I look like, uh, well, I look like a werewolf. I have lycanthropy. <laughs> I was going to say, look like Teen Wolf? <laughs> you look like... I look like a wolf. I look like a less cool Teen Wolf, if you can believe that. That's a hard thing to imagine. Well, lucky for you, uh, support for Dissect in the 80s is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code MACHO, M-A-C-H-O, at manscaped.com. That sounds good, but like, what if, for example, I wanted to keep some but not all of this lycanthropy-based body hair? Well, you're in luck because uh, the Lawnmower 4.0 allows you to customize your trim with additional guard lengths in one through four, so you can get a customized uh, length just for you. What if my other problem is that my wolf cave is like dark? You know, I got the whole moon problem. You know, I, Naturally. I got light issues. Well, the trimmer also has a very bright LED light. It is 4000K LED spotlight, which gives you a precision shave and lets you see everything you're shaving and no nicks, scrapes, cuts, or or bleeding. And what if I don't have that much money? Well, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code MACHO at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code MACHO, M-A-C-H-O. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the mega podcasting powers. And with me, as always, is a man who, well doesn't have lycanthropy because like me is not a very hairy person so it would be very obvious immediately the macho man drew andrew leno the number of times i've been asked like how often i shave my chest i'm like i don't (laughs) i don't do it this is just what happens Yeah, I feel very bad for, I have some friends who struggle with like the, the shoulder tufts, you know, or like, you know, a particularly hairy back. And I just like, just not a, not genetically not a problem. Uh, I, you know, it's, I honestly, it. I would rather that though. Like I, I am like a little seal. <laughs> Uh, We are kicking off a really exciting theme month here on Dissecting the 80s. Uh, Two classics in the field of horror, both celebrating their 40th anniversaries here in 2021. The first one we've got, uh, first time watch for me, first time watch for you? Uh, Yeah, so I've seen one scene from 100 Scariest Movie Moments. Um, Okay, yeah, ditto, ditto. Other than that, this is my first time watching. Okay, so we have uh, to start off our Werewolf Month, 1981's The Howling, directed by our favorite 
well, one of our favorites, Joe Dante. And we watched that, and you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your werewolf cult. Something's got about your werewolf cult. When the mega powers explode. <laughs> So one of the things that's an issue with doing this podcast is we've said for a long time that we will happily watch a sequel with no, you know, background information. Mm-hmm. We won't, you know, we won't, we won't go watch a whole series. So we've often grabbed, you know, part fours for February. For this series, we watched part four and part five for various reasons. I think we watched part five to kick off season five. That's that sounds right. I think that's what it was, and you know, part four was in in the th- in in uh, February back when that was still going on, and. The bummer of it is, is The Howling Part 4 is almost beat for beat a wor- way worse remake of this movie. And so despite mm-hmm. the fact that I was watching it for the first time, it felt like a movie that I like it. I was <laughs> it was as if instead of eating like a really nice bowl of nice, good ice cream, I was eating a bowl of like frozen yogurt of a flavor I didn't super care for. And because it was like, it, like, oh, oh, I know what's going to happen. And then like characters kept popping up and I'd be like, oh, that's this archetype. Oh, that's this archetype, which was kind of a huge bummer. I, it was one of the few times I agree. Been like, oh, man, uh, the, the way we do the podcast made this worse. Especially because it's been like, what, two years at least since we did um, Howling 4, I'm going to say. It honestly might be longer than that. Yeah. So and so, did, like, I didn't did super remember s- that. We did them within six months of each other. So, Howling 5 was three years ago, and this was either six months before that or six months after that. So, it was at least two and a half years ago, if not three and a half, actually. Yeah. Um. So, I didn't super remember that movie until I started watching right, it. I was I like, yeah, this is, I was like, I feel like this is familiar. This is what happens in the in the fourth one. Right, I was like, I'm having deja vu. Just a like, bold no, move. That... <laughs> That movie was like, oh, that movie you liked, we're just going to make it again. So uh, if you haven't seen Howling Part or haven't seen Howling, don't watch Howling Part 4 first, I would say, is my recommendation. This yes, is, definitely watch this first. One of the most, yeah, that's truly one of the most egregious of those sequels where it's like we're just making the first movie again with a completely new set of characters that's like a modern thing i didn't know they were doing that back then yeah it's the the, or uh, i feel like the modern thing is the weird sequels that like aren't sequels too yeah but like they do that thing now where it's like it's kindergarten cop 2 and it's dolph lundgren this time and you watch the trailer and it's just all these scenes from the first movie done by dolph lundgren and it's like what who is this for what is the point of this yeah i don't need to see 61 year old dolph lundgren make out with a 30 year old woman who probably doesn't know who he is right also like who like who i watch kindergarten cop like a bunch of times like of the people who have a fondness for kindergarten cop i am high on the list like that movie was a movie i have fond memories of watching i have zero interest in watching it yeah no and i have less than zero interest in watching the remade version what what are we doing 
Uh, anyway, so let's let's kick off the howling because I'm excited to talk about this movie. Uh, I love that we start with, and this was in the trailer that I watched as well. It's a super tight close. You know, it's not really a close up, I guess. Well, it becomes a close up, but it's a it's, you know, screen's fully black, and we hear these slashing sounds, and these red streaks start coming across, and it's clearly letters being formed, and they do like whoosh, whoosh. Whoosh, and then the camera zooms back and it just says the howling. And I was like, good well, font. that's not enough scratches. It's a great font. It's a great font. But there's like three slash noises. And I'm like, this this, <laughs> this is a lot of slashes. The H alone Two-handed. is three slashes. Two hands. I guess. But I just, I, I wanted more slash sounds. I felt it was an incorrect number of slash sounds. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of, I don't know if this is in the actual movie, but I know it's in the trailer for Alien, the way they the way they spell out the word alien with like yeah, yeah. part of a letter like at a time. Lines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I, I, not that I agree. Only in the trailer for alien. I'm not sure that it's in the movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Um, I, I will say that I, I like this movie a lot, but there are some things that I think could have used a uh, fine tuning, not to besmirch yeah, the yeah. great Joe Dante. Um, Cause like, this opening there's the slashing of the, and it shows the howling and then it's like this weird close-up of a tv screen with like uh words cut in with some static it reminds me of like the ending of one the end credits of wandavision and i was just like mm. it felt more like a they live or a very sci-fi kind of thing like um yeah open the pod bay doors hell sort of vibe sure, then sure. yeah this werewolf movie Honestly, the whole like weird cult they go visit is sort of like an invasion of the body snatchers sort of thing almost, right? Like it sort of yeah. feels like a, you know, it's not, it doesn't, it, like I, it being werewolves, I was, you could, you could do this movie and it's not werewolves and it would be like pretty. I similar. wish this movie wasn't called The Howling. Oh, you think it gives away too Yeah, much? because you don't, you don't really, like knowing it's called The Howling colors everything that you're watching. And if you sure, don't know sure. it's called The Howling, then like. The guy being weird, like the guy in silhouette in the porno theater, doesn't you don't think werewolf, you just think like a guy, a big guy, right? And right. then like when the werewolf the stuff, yeah, the, when the werewolf stuff does happen, that would be a cooler twist. But like, yeah, yeah, I, I totally, I totally agree. Um, but it is nice to see Queen D, eighties uh, mom extraordinaire. Yes, yes. Um, Yes, the mom in E.T., which, uh, you know, stay tuned, as we've said, we'll, we'll get there. And we'll Cujo. There. Uh, and Cujo. Yeah, I, I actually put a pin in the Cujo thing. We're going to we're gonna circle back to Cujo in like an hour later into this discussion. <laughs> and I, she I, was the mom in, um, we'll get there. in Critters. Yeah, she is the mom. <laughs> she's right. she's the 80s mom. Yeah, yeah. Which is really funny because Critters, I feel like I remember that being 84. Cujo was 83. And uh, E.T. is for sure 1982. And so it's like this movie comes out in 1981 and they're like, great job in the picture. Now you're too old to be the lead. You can be the mom in all the rest of the movies. I always felt like um, her role in Cujo was sort of like a younger mom. Yeah. Like it didn't feel like PTA mom. Yeah, yeah. And we're also skewed. This is one of those things like we've talked about this before, just as a general thing of like society evolves, of course. And so 
you know, a, a, a 24 year old woman it wouldn't be that crazy for have her to have three. I don't know how old D Wallace was in 1982. I'm just saying like, you know, people had kids much, much earlier back then. And mm-hmm. people's, you know, the, the evolution of those things are different. So it's, you know, it's, it's totally fine. I, but it's more that like, once you've become mom on screen, you don't get anything cool to do. Well, it's like when <laughs> they so cast like, her, I mean, at least they, at least Cujo is a cool mom role, but like yeah. when they cast Aubrey Plaza to play the mom in the child's play remake, I was like, she's a mom age now. I was like, yeah, she was yeah. she was fucking April. Like, it feels like five years ago she was April. Right, right. Yeah, I think the thing that's tricky about April though is that show ran for so long. I think it was seven, seven yeah, seasons, seven seasons. seasons for Parks. Yeah, and so she starts as like a twenty-two year old, and so by the end of Parks, her character is thirty, but she doesn't. The character doesn't ever really evolve yeah. to be an adult. Like they, her and Andy sort of become adults. At, you know, whatever that's sort of their arc, but they're still very playful kid-like people mm-hmm. and so you're it's very easy for you to see that although they do have a kid at the end of that don't they i actually so i've actually never finished the final season because because what? i oh man i'm, you're really I, I, I'm not out. ready to say like it's like i've it's, i've had i've done this with books before where like i'll get i'll like get three-fourths of the way through and i'm like i don't want to end like don't want this to end i have to tell you it is the the way that they handle the finale like oh i'm sure it's beautiful but it's it's not just that it's beautiful. It's that they like conclude the story and then they do a time jump to like way in the future. Yeah. And you see, like, I heard that you see their lives. Yeah. It's, it's a thing that I've seen a bunch of people do since that. I'm sure they're not the first ones to do it. Although you know, maybe they are uh, really beautiful. Like it's, it's genuinely very beautiful. I, I highly recommend you. I, I will. It's just you that for me, I'm like, like oh, I, I always know that, that there's more. Like there's shows like I've watched where I'm like oh there's no more of that show like I'm yeah. I, I'm just gonna be rewatching old episodes I yeah. know I have more fresh Parks yeah. and Rec that I've never seen and that makes yeah. me excited yeah well they also did the pandemic episodes so you could like watch that somewhere in in between oh, that's true so it's like you could watch up until the time jump stop do the pandemic episode and then do the the jump good point so you could you get an extra episode uh, anyway this is not a Parks and Rec podcast but yeah it is it is interesting it's like I don't, I'm going to look up how old D. Wallace was when this movie came out. But in Cujo, she's definitely a young mom. You're right. And she actually, like, she carries Cujo. You know, I'm going to guess she's and she, 29 in this movie. That feels right to me. Uh, born in 48, so in 81, she would be 33. Hang on. So she's born in 48, you said? Yeah. So what's so 40 minus 7? Plus 3. No, it's the plus 30. Is seven. We don't need to do math in podcast. She's 33. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah. This. Plus I'm 40 minus positive. 7. It's 33. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's 33 years old. So, like, old for a leading role for an actress in 81, I would yeah, say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but she's she's very good in this movie. So, Scuzzy New York, uh, she is... This part, I do feel I like... I needed a little explanation. A little bit of beef. Yeah, I just... It's like, I'm, I'm on board, and I like that you're kind of throwing me in the middle, but I do need just, like, another two sentences from characters. I'm like, I really... Like, I pieced it together, but I, I was very much like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I, I got there, but it would have been nice to have a full recipe. Because, like, honestly, it would have been nice also, because the only time... We're told she is a reporter, but the only time we ever see her on camera is after she's been, like, traumatized, and so she's like... Right. Uh, freezing up and, and not being a good on-camera reporter because she was traumatized. And, like, it would have been nice to have a moment of her being the, like, I'm uh, Cecily Tyson or whatever her, whatever the, lo- yeah, our local, yeah. <laughs> that I can't remember. <laughs> is it Cecily Tyson or is that? Was it Ty? My brain wants to say that it was Tynan. Cecily Tynan. There it is. 
Uh, that, yeah, I don't, (laughs) she probably works for like CNN now or something. Um, Like it would have been cool to have the, to do the like, and although maybe this wasn't a thing in 81 of like, this is the evening news with lead anchor D Wallace. And she could have like done like a turn and like have like a pen in her hand. No, that feels like, that feels like the era for that for sure. But I, I, my, my, I agree with you, but my bigger thing was like, I just like need two sentences about what's happening with this creep. Like there could easily have been a scene where the lead detective is holding a piece of paper that's, you know, the glued on letters from a magazine that's, it says something akin to, you know, meet me at this porno theater or I'll kill your whole family. And so they're like, you know, all right, we're going to get this creep. Don't worry, D Wallace. Cause we, she we clearly knows what, um, what phone booth to go to to meet him at but then like the police yes. aren't there so i'm like what why right they're tracking her with some sort of earpiece or something but if the police if you know what phone like phone booths don't move unless you're doctor who right phone booths don't move right so like right put a couple plainclothes cops um, that's a police call box i'm sorry to tell you that's not a phone shut up nerd we're having fun here <laughs> like put a few plainclothes cops anywhere that can see the phone booth like yeah. Because they, they keep being yeah, like, exactly. well, there's cops around. They'll find her, I guess. And it's like, hang on. Right. There, there, There's even, it seems to be like a, an adjacent phone booth where the there is somebody in there. And it's like, well, can't that guy be a cop? Like, yeah. why, why is that not a cop? Um, anyway, so she gets this phone call and then she progresses to this porno theater. Or um, I guess it's like a sex shop with the little booths in the back sort of thing. Yeah. Porno theater makes me think of like a movie theater. So she's in one of those like little solo booths. She put the quarter in and, and it turns on. Yeah. 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 And so she's in there by herself and then suddenly the screen flickers to light. Did you, did you clock the music a, as hard as I did? Of the porn? No, no, no. Of the movie. Because it's, it's uh, 81. So it feels a little 70s. And I was like, yes. "This is Carrie's music. Like this is this is this feels like the music oh, from Carrie. It's okay. the same composer. Yeah. So he oh, just literally okay. he, no, I did. He not. definitely pulled some of the same like stings and stuff from Carrie. Sure, sure. But sure. I was like, yeah, same mood and tone kind yeah. of thing. You know, if like you're operating in that space, I get that. Because Carrie, I love, I love the music in Carrie. I love that movie, but the music is great. It was one of the, for a while. It was one of three records I owned. Oh, nice. Uh, so anyway, he comes in, turns on the thing. He starts attacking her, you know, starts you know overpowering her. It it appears for like a, a flash that there's yes happening, it, and then okay, so I and then it's not that. So I don't. I, it's like I don't know if it was a censorship thing or they didn't. They I'm just not felt sure. Like too much for this movie. He's also showing her his snuff film. I'm pretty sure is the implication. Oh, okay. Because it's it's clearly sexual assault happening on the screen. Like, not, not it it is at least something produced to look non consensual. If it's not non consensual, and the way he's talking about it sounds like he made it. So I just assumed it was I, a snuff. Yeah, yeah. So there's like that that going on, and then it looks like he's like overpowering her and like ripping her skirt and or like ripping out you know her underwear from under her skirt, and then it like cuts and they're standing facing each other. And so like I was because he won't let her turn around at first. Wrong. Apparently he's right, a serial right. killer that, again, I, I would have loved, this movie's 90 minutes. Yeah, you could have afforded seconds. five yeah. minutes of, <laughs> of explanation for this. I, again, it doesn't even need to be five minutes. It's just like, give me a sentence. Because they, they keep cutting back to the, her husband is in the news station with cops and people she works with. And it's like, this scene should be explaining what's happening. That's what the point of this yeah. cut is. Because apparently they're a serial killer... A, a, a serial killer of women has 
become obsessed with her and started calling her, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she agreed to meet... Which totally happens to news characters. Yeah, she agreed to meet him. And so this is sort of like the setup of like, he's a, a serial killer going after her. And he like, won't let her turn around. And then he finally does. And it's really cool because she's looking into a, like a film projector. So he's like really... She's kind of blinded and he's very silhouetted when he does step in front of the light. And it's a cool little effect. Yeah, and it sort of hides the fact that he maybe is a werewolf. Yeah, if the movie wasn't called The Howling, you would not know, you wouldn't clock right away that he was a werewolf. I I will, so, yeah, and and jumping ahead a little bit, like, I really do wish we got, like, A, just a little glimpse of, like, a hand going wolf to human Oh, in this In this sequence? sequence. Oh, okay, you wanted that early. So just, like, the smallest little, like, there's something going on here, because... The cop is terrified. So the cops come rushing in to try to save her. I actually really like the interaction with the guy who runs the porno shop where he's like, hey, yeah, that broads in the back. She's got in one of the nudie booths. It's like such a so much for discretion, buddy. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, it's just such a it's such a this this movie is like pretty small like before being a werewolf movie like the characters are all pretty like normal people Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden there's this like really bad sketch comedy new york guy stuck in it yeah that broad yeah you see pizza he he might as well be moving boxes behind the counter right 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 cleaning glasses Uh, so they yeah exactly exactly so they go uh which is illegal in most states did you know that I'm, uh, I learned that fairly recently. Like, I knew that was a yeah, thing. Yeah, that's why right. you're not supposed to dry them. Unless, or if you do dry them, it's supposed to be a paper towel. Yeah. Um, it's like, unsuffer- not maybe illegal is the wrong term, but, like, against health codes is probably the better uh, terminology to use there. Anyway, the cops go rushing back, and the, there's, like, a cop who's, what, 87 years old, and then another one who's 19. <laughs> like, has braces and pimples. <laughs> yeah. And his partner is literally like there's a guy behind him holding the retirement cake that's like congratulate <laughs> for he's a jolly good fellow for he's, he's exactly literally trailing them with this cake he ran from his retirement party to get this one final bust uh and the young guy just shoots this you know the guy in the booth it's really weird because again the police are in on this sting that d wallace has sort of orchestrated for this serial killer right, right. and then he attacks her and she finally finds her voice and like falls out of the booth and the doors open. And so the young cop just like shoots wildly and kills him. And suddenly yeah. his, the older cop is like, you put your gun away, man. And then they're like, well, yeah. what happened here? What ask quick draw McGraw. And I'm like, did he kill someone? He like, yeah, he yeah. killed the bad guy. Right. 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 Yeah. And, and, but it's like the bad guy didn't have any weapons. And so they act like that's a problem. And I was like, he was in the middle of assaulting her. Like, whether or not the sexual assault was taking place, like, the movie's not clear about that. He was at least physically assaulting her and trying to kill her. And also, he he was the serial killer Eddie who lured her. Like, everything about this says what it is. It's on the tin. Like, this is is not a cop apology podcast, but in a situation Absolutely not. where the wrong guy has, has, it's like, he's not actually the serial killer, but he's a copycat. Like, I don't feel that bad. You know, yeah. If it's if it's not him, it's like a different guy. I'm like, well, still, it seems fine. He was he's still being him. a weirdo to D. Wallace, right? I mean, he definitely was going to kill her. 
But yeah, I just I I would have liked just like the tiniest little thing, like I, not a not the full like because later there's a really awesome hand effect. Yeah, like, the, that hand that, effect is I just want, worth the price of admission. Yeah, I just want like a little bit of you know like a like the the he has like cheek fur and then he has a beard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Just like a little bit on the th- like the tiniest amount I would have liked here, but again, that's a minor minor quibble. So they pull her outside and instantly start asking her questions, and I was like, hey. Give her a minute to collect herself. Maybe offer like, her a water, a coffee, a bagel. W- one of those silver blankets. Definitely needs one of those silver blankets. Yeah. Where are the spaceman blankets? Give me a baked potato blanket. They're not even like, come down to the station and we'll debrief. He says, know, like, I, I, I got your boss to agree to not put you on camera tonight. But also, I'm going to need you to fill out this 13-page dossier of what happened tonight. Yeah, yeah. And the idea is, like, put you on camera. She was just literally moments ago assaulted by this man. And then he was murdered in front of her. What are we talking Give about? Give her a minute. A minute, please. <laughs> I realize PTSD hadn't been invented yet, but come on. <laughs> so two people go into an apartment that they're like, oh, this is yeah, Eddie. This is this is this is my biggest beef with this movie. So we've got Dee Wallace, we've got her husband, we've got the cops, we've got the news station people. All of them, I like, I know who these people are, I know what's going on. Right? Like I I, I got my mm-hmm. slots that they fit in. We cut to these other two people, and I'm like, who who is this? Why? What's happening now? Well, like, they work what, for the news station. People that, right. But that's not it's not like how about they get out of the news van? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, can we make it a little bit more obvious? Hold my hand a little bit. It's like it, it's it's very minor. And but it's just like maybe I'm maybe I'm being, you know, overly pedantic. But I these two people are pretty important characters in this movie. They're throughout the movie. And then like later we find out that they're friends. And of course, like I've seen howling part four. So I've vaguely had a guess <laughs> as to who they were because I had seen that movie, but it's just like, I don't know, have them get out of the news van or something like have them have a camera. See, I remembered her at least because like, there were, she was the only other woman in the TV studio. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I, maybe it's just that I'm bad at, you know, I didn't recognize them and, you know, I was taking notes or whatever, but I just was like, I just needed just a skosh more. But yeah, these two people go to uh, Eddie's apartment, Eddie the serial killer's apartment, and then they see all this, like, it's it it's very much like, you know, if you're making a, if you're making a home movie about serial, like, you're like, I'm gonna make a movie about serial killers in my backyard with my friends, like, it's all the textbook stuff, <laughs> like, Murder, it, murder newspaper clippings on the wall, and the Texas Chainsaw uh-huh. Massacre skeleton, like, mobile. Yeah, creepy, uh, cr- creepy pictures of women, then the really, really well-done drawings of werewolves. Yes. Um, and she's like, we should call the police. And I was like, Hank, I thought you were the police. Why are the police not the ones yeah, doing this investigating? <laughs> that's what I mean. I was like, oh, these must be the cops. Wait, what? What's happening? There's also a great jump scare fake out here with a dog, which I liked. I did too. Appreciated that. But yeah, they 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 investigate. They get a little bit of info. They call the police. We cut to D a day later, two days later, a couple hours later. Yeah, it's clearly not that long. She's barely holding it together, and they're basically wheeling her in on a dolly to put her on (laughs) television. They're like, "You made it. Get on TV, D. Come on now." And her Jack Wagon. We don't see enough of him. He's an asshole, and like for clearly such an asshole character was not in enough of the movie 
Because he's like, he's like, oh, look at her. She's catatonic. She's an idiot. She can't do anything right. Now, this this handsome man in a suit, now that's a man. He can be on camera. And I was like, I don't yeah. see him out on the street. I don't see him hitting the pavement right. trying to get Eddie to go to a porno shop. Like, Right, right. He's played by Kevin McCarthy, who is the lead in the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the, uh, the asshole boss. Oh, okay. The one from uh, 50, 56 or so. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she struggles being on live television, as you imagine somebody might. Specifically to be on live television to talk about the assault and murder that happened 20 hours ago. Yeah, and the other thing is, like, this is your reporter. Do this pre-recorded. Uh-huh. Sit her in a comfortable chair. Put her in a cable-knit sweater with a mug of tea. Get Robin Roberts to sit across from her. Do a little dialogue. Put her on a couch so that her husband can sit there with his hand on her knee or her shoulder. Exactly. He's just there. And like do the quick wide shot of the two of them and then push into just D Wallace and his hand. So we're not like, whose hand is that? (laughs) Like, do this is your employee. Don't you give any shit about her? Like, I realize this is America we're talking (laughs) about, but come on. And so she goes to her therapist who... I guess works for the TV station because he was talking in the beginning. Right. He, he, I wondered if he is like a guy they bring in as an expert and she was like, oh, I need to go see a therapist. Well, I already know this guy because I've done TV with him. I like that theory. He's like written a book and yeah. he came on, promoted it kind of thing. I, yeah, I mean, they don't, the movie doesn't. <laughs> a that. great theory <laughs> that I like. <laughs> this is my cave. Uh, yes. But he's like, yep. You have you you're uh, you're traumatized. I think you should go to the colony. And I was like, already no. Like, if I ever and like speaking to it, yeah. I was like, you should go to my colony. I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, I don't. I do not have interest in that. Thank you so much for playing. Uh, we cut to this party. She immediately agrees to go, of course, because it's a movie. And this guy has. I literally wrote. Nastiest. I would turn around and leave. I would. Uh, as soon as we cut to what the colony is, I'm like, I would, I would point oh two five seconds. I would turn around and leave. But like, no, I'm walking home. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's basically the beach party from Jaws that's happening. It's like a big bonfire situation, but scored by scored by the ambient music from Frontierland in Disney World for some reason. Yes, it's a jug band playing. They've got like a washboard person and and they're on the beach and some jugs. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, and I love a banjo. I'm a banjo enthusiast. I'm fine with a banjo. As as that goes. But I agree with you. It's a weird. I would have left this place instantly. Yeah. But but the real horror, uh, you know, obviously this movie has werewolves and a bunch of stuff. But the real horror is this piece of beef this man offers to. Is it to beef? And her husband. Yes. Because he specifically says this is prime rib. And I was like, sir, sir, that is not prime rib. That's barely beef. It looks like a piece of shoe leather. Oh, I didn't hear him say prime rib. I thought he said it was like deer or something. No, he's like, here, have some prime rib. And he gives them this disgusting gnarled hunk that they all seem to be eating directly off their forks with no plate or anything to do. It's like they all, I don't know if we've told this story in the podcast, but once I, uh, on a family vacation, I had way too much to drink and hadn't eaten. And so my dad and I were eating midnight. Oh, yes. And and we were both like eating them like absolute monster a holes and dangling them over our faces and taking bites of them off the forks to horrify our mother. Uh-huh. And so I was like, "Oh my god, they're eating these steaks like that!" Like the one guy literally dangles it over his mouth and takes a big bite, and I'm like, "Where's the plate? Like 
You can't eat this. Give me a paper plate. Come on. Yes. Like, come on. Uh, and none of that styrofoam. This is a cutting meal, and I got to cut into mm-hmm. it, and I want to get styrofoam bits in my food. Uh, and then we see a forest witch in a low-cut dress. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, I'm like, oh, right, right. Yep. <laughs> seduces the husband. Yes, yes. I remember. Oh, and the shrink was part of it, too. That's This is the part where it all starts, like, clicking into place, where I'm like, oh, I have seen this. No, I haven't seen this movie. I saw the, the Xeroxed version. The Xerox to Xerox version. Yeah, when you'd get that handout in school and you'd be like, hey, I can't read problem six. Like, can you tell me what that is? This and was originally written like in squint. 1985 and you you don't <laughs> yes. have the master copy anymore. You just keep photocopying right, right. whatever you can find. Right. And it's like, oh, just don't do problem six then. Everybody skip it. But yeah, this forest witch in a booby dress. And I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> we're seducing husbands is what we're doing. It's just like bonkers. That, like, she is a character in this movie. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, And then the other person who we see a bunch of at this party is uh, the old man who's played by John Carradine, uh, head of the Carradine family. Oh, that's... Uh, All actors. And he he tries to set himself on fire. And and the the people intervene. They're like, no, no, you're fine, old man. Tomorrow you'll feel fine. And if I'm at a party where I've just arrived at this creepy place called The Colony, and the old man is trying to set himself on fire at the party, you know where I'm spending the night? Not at The Colony. I already left The Colony, though, so there's that. But it's funny. I thought that would become a thing that, like, he was the regretful werewolf. Which is my new yeah, children's yeah, book yeah. that comes out next year. The, reg- the regretful. I love it. The regretful. Werewolf. Keep an eye out. And he's like Barnes and Noble. He's like slaughter. He's like slaughtering lambs and then just weeping. Yeah. Well, I thought it was going to be like he was going to be at the end. Be like D Wallace. I got to get you out of here. They're all werewolves. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I-, I can't do this again. You know, whatever. Yeah. No, I can't let someone else get this. Coming. Not at all. That's not what happens in, in the slightest. Uh, her husband is a total 70s hunk, by the way. D. Wallace's husband. Yeah. he's He's got a little bit of Tom Atkins going on. Mm-hmm. I can see that for sure. Especially in Halloween 3. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> right, that's Tom Atkins. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so we cut to the morgue and we get our favorite, you know, all-time favorite. The, oh, here's a bunch of body parts. And right next to it is the ham sandwich. Well, did, why was there a SeaWorld dolphin transportation device in the morgue? I've never seen that in a I- morgue. Yeah, I I was trying to figure out like what logical purpose it would serve, and I guess if you needed to do something like only extremities, it might be useful. But I can't imagine it's because like every other thing you see, they like they're on the gurney and they like pick them up and they put them mm-hmm. on the slat the slidey slabs or whatever. Yeah, but this for some reason they have a like full on. It's like they're transporting a dolphin from one tank to another. It's like a a, a bag. It's a bag on a, a track yeah, in the it's ceiling. Like it- Right, it's like the thing that you'd use to lift the engine out of a car, like a like a arm winch. Like <laughs> that is also that uh, works too. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, but it is the it is the dolphin transport from SeaWorld, where it's like a cloth thing that is supported from the top, so that the animal can like lay in it and then be supported, and you know, not not on a gurney. Which I guess for some reason the I I don't know the reason why, but I always assume that like because they were sea creatures, you couldn't like plop them down on a gurney because it would be bad for their insides i would guess yeah or i think it's because you'd have to still lift them out 
anyway. Like you have to get them out of the ocean anyway. Yeah, so it just makes more sense to do it that way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I could not for the life of me figure it out. And then I was like, maybe they just couldn't get access to a morgue and they used a like a vet clinic that they could run. Oh, it totally could be a vet clinic. Yeah, because like uh, you put the dog. use that for horses or yeah, or a dog. Like there's a number of animals that you might want that for. Mm-hmm. Plus, like is the morgue at the colony or is the morgue back in New York? I can't. The remember. morgue is back. Is it New York? Or I don't remember. That's why I'm asking. Because I was. It's whatever it was city like that they're they're point. from. I don't know. If, I don't know if it actually takes place in New York, but. Oh, oh, the beginning part with the phone booth in the porn theater is definitely New York. Oh, okay, then yeah, then New York. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, is it like a wink-wink joke of like, oh, this is where he does surgery on werewolves? Oh, would have been cool, but no. Because there's about a million little wink-wink wolf jokes in this. Like, at one point, a character's eating wolf chili. There's a there's a brand of, oh. like, patent medicine that's wolf brand patent medicine. Like, anywhere they could stick a little wolf thing in, they did. Yeah. And then uh, Eddie's uh, freezer drawer is empty. His little crisper drawer is empty. Right, right. I, I pulled this on wiki and I, I just have to mention it the guy who plays the doctor I don't remember did we, did we say did you say he's like a famous person uh I did not look him up uh, I was talking about John Carradine who's the old guy at the party okay so the the guy who plays the doctor in this movie who I think was in like the original event like Emma Peel Avengers thing in the 60s okay um okay. his mother like in real life not the character the actor in real life his mother was a lesbian in the fucking 30s who ended up wow. hitching her wagon to a rich woman from the Dewar's whiskey-like fortune. Wow, the heir to the Dewar's fortune, eh? Yeah. I don't know if it was an heir Good situation. That's amazing. Yeah. But apparently in his in his autobiography, he refers to um, his mom's girlfriend as Uncle Evelyn. That's how like they called her. And she paid for like all of his schooling. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. That's really nice. Where's that movie, so, Hollywood? That's a cool ass movie. The Doers, the do, yeah. the 1930s yeah, yeah, Doers yeah. heiress lesbian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. like forget this. Like we're looking for Ammonite fossil nonsense and and looking at each other longingly. Like give me the two ladies getting soused and having fun with each other. Mm-hmm. You know the Doers heir parties. <laughs> of course he does. So the the two people from the investigation into the the serial killer's room that we were complaining about earlier they're coming up to visit at the colony because you know they they're like calling in their reinforcements not yet and they're at this point well isn't this where the sheriff scares the two ladies or is that the is it it d wallace and a woman from town that get scared d wallace and a woman from town get scared by the cow head oh okay okay i just wrote ladies so i jumped ahead i'm sorry yeah they the the sheriff you almost cut dick miller out of the movie so no 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 i you had better Miller you next. better watch yourself i come on yeah you think i'm gonna not mention best friend of the podcast dick miller come on uh this is uh, this is one of my favorite dick miller like mint like this obviously you have to rank you have to put it you have different scales for your dick miller mm-hmm. right like obviously piranha different scale like that's yeah, an gremlins piranha it's like a real character yeah, yeah. Whereas like here, this is like, you know, oh, Dick, you got to come do the movie because I'm making a movie. But this is one of my favorites of the, the Dick Miller just shows up for a half day's work situations. Uh, he plays uh-huh. the owner of an occult bookstore who at first seems like totally all in on this, which I, I love the turn. It's like such a great little thing he does where it's like. Oh, yeah. And he's doing lore about you can only kill a werewolf with silver or fire or whatever. And he's like rattling off of this stuff. And they're like, oh, wow. Do you like really believe in this? 
He's like, no, I sell books. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, I don't believe this crap. It made me wish that we had a we we had gotten a series where starring Dick Miller as a jaded occult bookstore owner. Yeah, yeah. Where he's like, not quite Giles from Buffy, but like he would fill right. that space and be like, come on, yeah, kids, yeah, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah, yeah. And I, I love him up on the big wheelie ladder, and he's like, come on, pull me over this yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Like, he is just the best. He's so good. Yeah, yeah. He th- he is truly one of those those actors who could take whatever little thing you gave him and create a whole person out of it. And it's like, it just there's just not that many people do, who, who can do that. And I it's like, every time I see him, I'm like, God, this dude was underappreciated in his time. Yeah, I love him. Like, this character's on screen for like, Three minutes? Like, he clearly, this is like I think a five. day tops, you know? Yeah, he was... Okay, it w- five. He got a day rate and some craft services. Right, right. And it's like, you know what this dude's life is like. It's just, it's good. It's just really, really underrated good acting. He, he builds a, a world for this person in such a small time. Which isn't a surprise, Dick Miller's great, no, but it's he's, just like, it's like, you, you just get to see him do his thing, right? Like, it's like, he comes in off the bench, he hits like six three-pointers, and he's like, all right, I'm done, good night. Yeah, it almost feels like I I would imagine like the celebrity um sub in at like a like a basketball game. Yeah. Where they're like we have I don't know Morgan Freeman here and he's going to, you know, in the, for the last 30 seconds he's going to like do a thing and like dribble the ball for a little bit and like that's it. <laughs> like it's his publicity yeah. stunt. Like that's what it feels like sometimes. Yeah. Cuz this like he shoots he do, he does like the half time shoot the ball for Yes, the court. exactly. Because this is definitely on par, like on scale par with um, Chopping Mall in terms of... Oh, totally. Di- like yeah. that's I, that's this where this falls. Yes, agreed. Um, so and back at like the... The same thing there where, where he's like, he just takes a little thing and makes a, whole, makes a whole thing out of it. It's also important that he's the guy who sets all the rules up for the movie. Like after this conversation with Dick Miller, it's like, okay, we know how to kill the werewolves. We know like how they're impervious to regular weapons and stuff. Like he, he lays out all the rules in a way that... And how they operate. Like, Hey, audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't feel like that scene where they turn to turn to camera, stare straight down the barrel, and are like, and here's the rules of the movie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so because Dee Wallace and another lady at the compound found, or the colony, we'll say, yeah, found a, a cow's head, all the men are going hunting, and they're being led by Donnie from the Wild Thornberries. <laughs> he does have the whole like kid. He's got like a weird. He's got a weird. He's like hunter business. He like want. He's like Donnie from Wild Thornberries by way of Hair the Musical. Donnie is the dad. No, Donnie is Donnie is like the a... feral child who's voiced by Flea. Oh, the one who's like. Okay, okay. I I thought you were talking about the Nigel. The one dude has like. Yes, well, the one dude in this hunting party has like basically everything but the pith helmet. Yeah, no, no, I'm talking about the the weird. Uh, Marsh's brother. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Who's, okay, yes. Who's wearing this like suede shearling long vest and nothing else uh, but pants. Yes, yeah. And he's yeah. weird. And then um, D. Wallace goes to group therapy where it's literally just her sitting in the middle of the circle recounting what happened to her and then being like, and then what happened? Did you see him? Look at him. He's there. Tell us what he looked like. You saw yeah. it. Yeah, the, 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 they're like trying to like get her to bring this suppressed memory out, which I don't really understand because the guy's dead. Like, what is the what is the net benefit of this? I don't know. I mean, I guess so she can figure out like what happened in there. She was the last one to see him. Yeah, but it's like at that point, like what, like 
she didn't shoot him, so she's off the hook. It's like, what does she need to bring this memory to the forefront? It's not as if he's on the loose and they're like, if you know what he looked like, we could catch him. That's true. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, honestly, when you look at this movie's plot too long, it, there's some holes. Like, this this is a pretty threadbare. Right. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really make sense as to right. why everything happened. Right, and I think that some of that is on purpose. Like, I think... I think the main character, like our audience window being confused in this movie is on purpose. And that's why the movie's a little confusing. Like he wants you to be a little off, off your game. And well, no, I even watching I, the movie, but I even mean in like in the end when everything, when all is laid bare, I'm, I still am like, I don't fully get it. And like, I don't want to spoil fully. We'll get there when we get there. But like, yeah, I fully was like, I don't, I don't fully understand what's happening here. Yeah. It does seem later that they don't have this plan thought all the way through because I thought the whole idea was like, oh, what they're trying to do is, you know, recruit D. Wallace into the vampire or the vampire, the werewolf cult. But that does not seem to be what the game is. No, it doesn't. So I don't get it. It will get there. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Bill gets attacked by a wolf. After the sexy witch, forest witch tries to seduce him and he's like, no, but maybe. Maybe later. Mm -hmm. Check back with me after I've had four or five doers. He he does that. Uh, the uh, Rebel Wilson in Pitch Perfect, where she's like, "No, wink." Yeah, yeah. And he gets wolfed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we he's like absolutely destroying some meat. After that, he also gets injected with a comically large needle. Yes, yeah, that's true. That is true. But the, yeah, he's like, like oh, uh, sorry, uh, you're a vegetarian. Sorry, I forgot. And he's like, that's all right. As he's like holding a rib, like a whole, like yeah. a mostly empty he like, rib. He like puts a rib in like a cartoon and pulls it out. <laughs> and it's clean. Bone and, and he's talking with like his mouth is full of pork. Being like, it's really great. Don't worry about it. I'm like, not, D. Wallace, you don't have any concerns about this? He's a vegetarian. You're not a, a little like, suspicious. Right, right. And also, like, hey, not for nothing, but lady, you're friends with these people for a while. It's kind of shitty that you didn't remember these vegetarian. Yeah. We also get our our favorite werewolf quote in this movie. The man who says his prayers by night. It happens in this movie. Oh, they're in yes. the well, the friends that who come later or just show up now right before they get here. They're in bed reading the werewolf book and watching that werewolf. Mo- I don't know if it's the, the wolf man. It's the original Wolfman, which gets used all the time. It's in the Sandlot. It's in and it's mm-hmm. like that we. It's, that's why I was like, we quote it so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the the Traveler Woman has that very thick, you know, Transylvania type accent of like he can only be killed by a silver bullet or a knife with a silver handle or a you know or a scrap too- of silver, anything silver, I guess. <laughs> basically silver okay and also fire but but mostly the silver the werewolf he uh he had an expensive kill <laughs> that turned into mario a little bit in the end there <laughs> well i you know you grab the slider and you're like transylvania mario <laughs> i turned it up to, 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 to it's a me a werewolf hunter <laughs> and then it also makes me now think of the um the fortune telling machine robot from Futurama who they always yes, go to when they sure. need to do this bit. Yeah. Yeah. So they, so, uh, D Wallison tries to have sex with her husband. He's like, no, nah, I'm not in the mood. And she's like, well, we're on different schedules, I guess again. And then he leaves in the middle of the night to have like fireside wood sex. But, 
with the witch. By the way, that that line is doing so much heavy lifting of like these people have not gone gotten down together in months. <laughs> it is like well, very so clearly been a long time. He had tried to sleep with her shortly after she was assaulted and she was like I'm having flashbacks, I can't do this. Yeah. So yeah. we did see that much. But it but it does the way she says it it makes it seem like it's been a good 3 months. Yeah. So he goes to have uh fireside wood sex with the witch full frontal witch yeah and then they it's a really actually i mean obviously it's them like about to bone but it's a really cool shot with the fire in the foreground like to the right and Mm -hmm. they're like more central behind it so it's like this really like ethereal moment and then all the wolves start howling they also use the flyer they also use the fire to block his peen yeah i mean show the come on if you're gonna just show it. <laughs> he does. He shows his butt, which I was like genuinely not expecting. But I was like, this woman is fully naked. Like, come on. Come on, movie. Just Everybody give a flash. Naked, it's fine. Yeah. So did you notice as they're boning, all the wolves, the, the, they have real wolf sounds. They got a couple different wolf sounds. Yeah. And yeah. then there's just a human being going. Ah. <laughs> I thought that was. I thought that was supposed to be Bill, the character. I don't know if it was, but it's like literally like. <laughs> it's, it's really funny. Yeah, yeah. I was like, who, who, also, who got fired from this mix, <laughs> this audio mixing? Well, it's uh, in my head, the, what happened was like everybody started to change, but for whatever reason, like Jeremy didn't get himself into the moonlight. <laughs> and so he was like, oh, I don't want to be left out. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and they're like, Tom, come on. Why, why didn't you get to the moonlight? The clearing is right there. So now, uh, Bill and the witch have wolf teeth and they're drooling. It's pretty good effects makeup. Yeah, this this stuff looks really great. And then they turn to cartoons, which is less great, but still honestly, like given the constraints it's interesting. of time, I was like, fine with it. Yeah, I agreed. It, it was quick and it was just like, yeah, all right. Like you, plus you're like saving your money shot for later. So I'm I was fine with it, but I thought it was interesting. Cause yeah, I think that's what I liked about it. I really liked that because I have never seen something like that before where a real like not child movie was like, yeah. We're going to use a little bit of like 30 seconds of animation, if that, to show like two people in heavy silhouette transforming. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I, I thought it was a clever idea, given, like I said, like, you you know, you only have so much money to go around and like that's a shot that you can get away with. Especially because rotoscoping that would be so easy. Totally, totally. She also scratches him on the back, which you're like, well, I guess that's going to come out later. But even that is like just directly in Howling 4. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's like really at that like what at what point are you not just making the same movie? They were making the same movie again, right? But it's like they changed three details, and it's like just make it again if you want to make it again. Apparently, um, there's talks that it's happening for Netflix with uh, Andy Muschietti as the at the helm. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, it seems like you know I'm look like this is we've talked about this before where it's like you shouldn't make really good stuff remake really good stuff. But this one seems fine to me. Like people remember this fondly, but it honestly like could easily be. Re- it's got like good bones to it, mm-hmm. but you could see somebody doing something really cool with it. Yeah, I think it, it it needs a little. It just needed a little tweaking. I found, but I really liked yeah. it. As long as you stay away from making CGI werewolves, like yeah, I'm, get I'm the hell out of here. Yeah, call Rick Baker. He's not that busy. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Rick Baker, did you see the, the factoid that so that he was supposed to do it? This, yeah. So the fe- special effects. And this are done by Dean Cundy, who also did The Thing. Great effects nope, guy. Not Dean Cundy. Botten. 
Dean Cundy is a yes. is a Dean Cundy is the cinematographer. Cinematography yep, guy. Wrong person. Completely wrong person. Dean Dean Cundy is the best cinematographer perhaps ever. Uh, at least in my book. Yes, I'm sorry. Rob Rob Botton, Rick Botton. It's a Botton. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Botton. Rick Baker was supposed to do this movie. He left to go to American Werewolf in London, which like I would love to know the story of how that came about. Right. Like, I, my guess is they were like. Okay, Rick, uh, you have X budget for this movie. And he's like, cool. And he starts working on it. And they're like, hey, we want you to do werewolves for twice as much money. And he's like, all right, bye. <laughs> he's like, they turn around. He's already got his hat on out, the, like one foot out the door. <laughs> he's like, he, he's running out the door holding all of the werewolf pieces he's already started working <laughs> on. So there's like a werewolf arm like falling out as he's running away. It's like the little Scooby-Doo like exactly. footsteps. And there's just wolf parts dropping behind him. So Terry, the the lady friend who was investigating, realizes that one of the draw the drawing of a landscape they found in Eddie's gross apartment is here. It's the colony, and I was like, okay, all right. I'm trying in my head. I'm like trying to figure out where it's gonna go. I still don't know where it really went. Um, and so she's yeah. I think it was just supposed to be like, oh, this is all connected. Yeah, but I I don't I understand that. I don't understand why. No, I totally agree with you. I'm just saying, I think that's what we're supposed to glean here. Because I was like, oh, that's cool. And then, so she starts walking through the wood. Like, normally, if I had that revelation, I'm running back to my friend's cabin. Like, sprinting there directly. And she's just kind of meandering through the woods after this, and then comes across the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house. Yeah, so I do want to pause for uh, 30 to 80 minutes to talk about how great these woods are. Yeah. Because it is full daylight. Woods are always a little creepy. But in full daylight, it's really hard to make something feel as ominous as they do here. And they just, like, jam it full of fog, which really, like, I'm sure is a result of the natural forest, you know, the way the forest works and the way temperature shifts in forest. But the fog, like, really clings to certain areas of the scenery and stuff. And it just looks so It's a great set. They got very lucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, So her friend goes into the Texas Chainsaw Cabin for some reason alone. I was like, girl... You already know the murderer was here and his body is missing. Like you. Right. Totally stupid. All the signs are pointing to go back to the cabin. Right. Get out of town. So the smiley face that the killer leaves around the phone booths is in this cabin. And then he has clearly his room is there and a werewolf tries to break in and she like tries to run away. It's a nice little fight where she uh, ends up cutting off the werewolf's hand. Yeah, and it's yeah. the, she grabs an axe in the middle of fight. This is the best sequence of anything in this movie. This hand, this agreed, just this like agreed. hand collapsing on itself and then opening again as a human is just like so cool. Yeah, this is clearly like you know the werewolf suits are good. There's a lot of like uh, pretty cool looking effects. Later, Robert Picardo gets the like big full transma- uh, transformation, but this little hand is uh, unparalleled. Like really, because Botton did the thing right. Right, but he hadn't done it. Yet. But you can you can see this hand oh, is yeah. is the thi- like it's got that thing adjacent. slimy. It's wet. It's gro- uh-huh. It's it's great. Yeah, the 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 part where it curls up on itself and then flops back open as a human hand looks so awesome. Like really, really, like, it's excellent you know, movie magic kind of thing. Yeah, um, I was like chop off his hand and run, and then she stops to like look at yeah. the hand. I was like, I'm glad you stopped because it's it's cool. We got to see it. Yeah. Um, and this is where I was like, oh, I've seen this part because she goes into it. It's I think it's like number 80 or something on 100 Scariest Movie Moments that Bravo did 30 years ago mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
she's in the like main office at the colony talking to her boyfriend, I guess, who also yes. is investigating on the phone. And he's like, well, look, look through the file, ca- file cabinet, see if you can find Eddie Quist or whatever. And she she like pulls the drags the phone over there so she can stay on it while talking. And it's like a decently well lit. Uh, I mean, it's 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 moody, but it's not like pitch black. Right, right. And she's like going through and she says, Marsha Quist, which is the name of the sex witch. Her name was Marsha. And I was yeah. like, the wit- yeah. the sex witch is Eddie's sister? Yeah, yeah. That doesn't get talked about enough in the movie. But right? Yes. And she goes, Eddie Quist, as she pulls one out, a werewolf hand just comes out of frame and puts puts the hand on her like, you don't, you're not looking through any files. Yeah. And it's genuinely yeah, a little scary. It's so scary. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really, really good, really effective. Um, I will say that seeing the werewolf in full like this is a little hokey. The ears are too big. Yeah. And it, it makes it look, it, they're like almost bunny-like. Yeah. And like, I think it, it's just a very, obviously like, you know, limitations. It's a very static face. It's not like articulating mm-hmm. very much. So it's, it's, it just feels kind of like a dude with a head on. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm sure that's what it is. Yeah. I, my bigger thing is like, I just the, the, the way the person in the suit is portraying the werewolf is actually. I really like the movement that they're doing and sort of the like, uh, uh, unnatural gait that they have and the way that they move their body is really odd. Yeah. I think that's really good. But yeah, the, the it's really the ears for me where I'm like, if there's, there's just need to be a little like wolves don't have ears that big. No, you're right. Like, wolves have big ears, but this thing's got, you know, a couple of bananas sticking out the top of its head. Uh, this is also, it's intercut with D. Wallace's husband trying to gaslight her. I was like, don't yeah. gaslight her yeah. and then hit her, you piece of shit. Yeah, this part really sucks. And and also, she's like, hey, you, you turned me down for sex, then you disappeared, and now you have scratches on your back that sure look like fingernails. You want to tell me what's going on here? And he hits her. He's like, oh, you and, your, you and your crazy theories. You think I'm having sex with the sex witch? And she's like, I didn't yeah. say that. You did. Yeah. You, you immediately filled that gap in, sir. And then she's like, wait a minute. Now that you mention it, she does give you the doomy eyes every time you see her. And then he hits her. And I was like, fuck off. Yeah. And so... Uh, we cut back to the office where her friend Terry is fighting the werewolf and she like turns on the, the like, you know, that sort of portable doctor light and the werewolf hates it. And I was like, "Ooh, great. Yeah. She has a weapon to get. And then she walks yeah, away yeah. from it. And I was like, no, yeah. stay there. Lady, hold that thing out in front of you and back away slowly. Come on. And then he lifts her up by the neck. And I thought she was going to like rip down the blinds because she's right. It's they're silhouetted in blinds and it's yes. really cool. Yeah. And I was like, knock yeah. down the blinds. He doesn't like light. Yeah. 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 Like you saw it. You figured it out. Like, do no. Okay. No, right. She just dies. Yeah. I also like it's like it's genuinely shocking that nobody smokes cigarettes in this movie given the time it was yeah made. it's a it's and the there should time, be that that i was that uh, tv station room should just be full of smoke yeah and and at this part she should be like smoking a cigarette and using it to try to scare off the werewolf yeah so they can be killed by fire yeah so d wallace goes to goes into the office and sees that her best friend is like has her throat ripped out and obviously we love d wallace here she's a little calm She's a little too chill. A little too chill for her friend. Your- her, her friend has got her throat ripped out, and she's just kind of like, <gasps> "Oh my god!" Like sort of uh, troll two, troll two ish. Yeah. Also, we didn't mention in in the middle of the big fight, um, 
Terry, who is now dead, was on the phone with Rob, her boyfriend, the other investigator, her boyfriend. And he I, there's a great scene where he and it's clearly like they also filmed this right. Like Dick Miller, I think, is even wearing the same shirt. But they like he it shows him like blow into the uh, occult store, occult bookstore, grab the bullets, throw the bunch of money on the table. And he's like, hey, I got to check with a jeweler. Those are actual silver. And he's like, bill me and just runs out the door. It's so great. Wait. Yeah, yeah. There's two scenes that you would think are completely extraneous with with um, Rob on his way to come save the day. One, him buying the bullets, and the second, him buying gas. And both of them, like, don't necessarily add all that much to the movie. But it's just sort of those little, you know, the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts yeah. thing. Where it just, just adds a lot of character to this, this guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so... D Wallace. Meanwhile, back in the doctor's office, D Wallace, uh, Eddie shows up and he's got a bullet hole in his head and he's like played by Robert Picardo, the later of Star Trek. Oh, okay. That's funny that he Picardo was on Star Trek. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, he's like clearly starting to wolf out and he starts to transform and it looks kind of deadite, which I like. Yes. I thought the same thing, but then it, he so like they did that thing that I feel like happens a lot in like weird transformation kind of movies where they have like yeah, uh, yeah. a and a bladder under the, like under the fake skin, and they like pump yeah. it, they like squeeze it with air, make it pulse. Yeah. So it pulses, and I it I think this movie just has too much of that. Like he, yeah, I totally I'm like agree. okay, totally agree. G- grow already, right, right, and also it's just like that's not what it would look like. <laughs> Like it wouldn't go in and out and in and out and in and out. Yeah, on your it, forehead I understand if you're gonna do like a couple shape. like in and outs, like the skin is preparing to stretch to a werewolf or whatever. But like right. he's just like standing there, and his whole forehead is like bouncing and pulsing like it's a rave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it it they they really are proud of it because they hold tight on uh-huh. it for a good thirty seconds at a clip. And I was just like, oh man, just just push it out and let it be out and not don't pump it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he's transformed and she acids him in the face. Yeah. Uh, this is the other little, it's like the thing she throws at him is like a patent medicine that says wolf on. Oh, I missed that. And this is where I was like, I really want some kind of explanation, but we don't get it. Oh, he also really yanks, he yanks a bullet out of his own face and it looks really nice. It looks really, yeah, it's gross and cool. Yeah. Um. Sorry. So basically, now that we're there, we can talk about it. Eddie is a serial killer of women who grew up in this colony that is run by the the psycho the psychiatrist the therapist whatever it's yes. his colony who is working at the TV station i kind of we don't know what capacity eddie gets obsessed with d wallace who works at the TV station who is also a patient of the doctor yes and there's that whole thing where he tries to kill her and then the doctor sends after after he dies the doctor sends her to the colony where eddie like lived or i don't know he lives there or grew up there or whatever right right and then everyone there is a werewolf turns out including eddie and i was just like i don't understand why like what why right and and, and it's like there's a conversation that happens just a couple minutes from now where somebody very intelligently points out like this woman is kind of famous. If she disappears, people are going to know. And then they're like, Oh, you're right. We should make it look like they drove off a cliff or they lost control of the car. Yeah. And, da, 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 da. and, and I'm the whole time I'm like, well, if you don't have a plan, why did you want her to come here? Exactly. Cause if, if 
Eddie lived at the doctor's colony, as soon as the doctor found out that Eddie was, you know, contacting What's-Her-Face, he should have been like, stop it. You cannot kill her. Right. So the only thing I think makes sense, and again, like, this is not the movie, this is just, like, my theory, is I could see a world in which the machination was, you make Dee Wallace feel like she needs therapy by using one of your colony people, you send her up to the colony, she starts to recover, she goes on TV and she talks up the colony, and now there's, like, a really good food supply. Huh, Okay. All right, yeah. But it's, like, that's a lot of leap on my part. It like, is, that is, but also that, that doesn't hold a whole lot of water because if there's no Yelp reviews, you can't have Yelp reviews right, well, when saying, no one comes out of the colony. Right, but, like, there are no Yelp reviews. But that's what I mean. Like, as soon as people start, like, oh, do you always talk to the colony? Oh, my, everyone I know is people talk, like, someone, you know, my neighbor went. They never came back. Like... Yeah. Well, that's the thing is I don't think most people like maybe they don't all come back. Maybe they get turned into werewolves. I like that's where you lose me. It's like, is it like, a oh, we'll turn everyone into werewolves. And then we've got like a werewolf, you know, a big pack. I, I don't yeah. know. You're right. People will be confused. But also, I do feel like in 1981, the number of people who just like walked away from their lives was way higher than it was. In yeah, you like, could, it was way easier to do. Yeah. So maybe that's how you get away with it. But yeah, I agree. It's not it's not really clear what the end game with D Wallace was supposed to be like, why you wanted her to go here in the first place. Yeah. It, I don't fully get unless it. it was, we think she'll join us, which they like sort of allude to, but it doesn't, the way they talk doesn't sound like we've wanted you all along. It's sort of like, Oh right, shit. Right. <laughs> Do you want to join? Make a perfect den mother. Yeah. 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 It is weird that they don't, they don't figure that out before they do in the movie. So she runs to the doc, who, of course, isn't a good guy, and we know that. I was really surprised that the doc didn't have more wolf stuff going on. More, well, Yeah, he's not as evil as he would think. Right, right. Um, also, there is 15 minutes left in this movie, and it's a full right. paragraph and a half left on Wikipedia. Yeah, a lot happens at the end. Of, of a four-paragraph right? movie synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> this is really one of those movies where it's like you keep winding up the toy and then you finally let it go and it just goes like and bounces all over the table. Yeah. Um, so the boy, Rob, is that the boyfriend's name? Yes. Rob shows up in the office where um, Terry was killed and Eddie shows up looking all melty. He looks like Bill Paxton yeah. in Near Dark. He does. He does look a lot like Bill Paxton in Near Dark. It's really great makeup here on uh, Robert Picardo. It, I don't know why he's got a frog throat. Yeah, that I didn't know. I, I just thought <laughs> the he, rest of the makeup I, I thought, was cool, but he's like, well, I, well watch me transform. Rip it, rip it. And his little like throat I, I pouch. I thought it was supposed to be, yeah, I thought it was supposed to be some side effect of the acid. Oh, maybe. Um, like he's just got this like horrible, like a, you know, like a pizza bubble. Yeah. And then he shoots him with silver and he's like, well, all right. Yeah, game over. And s- but he shoots him two times, and I'm like, sir, you are 16 inches from this man. You cannot miss from that range. You do not have infinite bullets. No. But also, like, this so begins the sequence of the movie where the man who brought silver bullets specifically to shoot werewolves just is like, yeah, I'm not going to shoot him. Yeah, I don't want to shoot him. I, I'll point it I, at him. I got the imp- I got the impression that he was afraid he was going to accidentally shoot D. Wallace, which is you know a fair a fair assessment. I mean, I don't know but, that that read on that actor's face. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was just like, what are you doing? Like, what did you expect was going to happen? Did you think they were just going to be like, oh, 
you caught us. You brought the one thing that kills us. Okay, let's let's all calm down. Everybody have a seat. We're gonna sit in the share circle and uh we're gonna we're gonna make a negotiation happen here. Just everybody be cool. Yeah, like they're taking D Wallace and the dead body of her friend out of the barn. Like yes. we're gonna toss yeah. it in a car and throw it down the throw it all, throw it into the ocean. And he shows up with a gun and Donnie from Wild Thornberries is like, gun won't do you any good, and he's like wolfing out. And I was like, I understand that you want to show off some of the makeup, but like from a practical, like logistic standpoint, you wouldn't let him get close. He starts to be like, don't come any closer. Don't come any closer. And I'm like, just, you brought the bullets for this. Yeah. And that, then that one in particular is egregious because D Wallace is nowhere near it. Just shoot the guy. So he shoots him and I was like, great. Now just fire into this crowd of werewolves. Like these are all werewolves. Like everyone here is a werewolf. Right, and it, you you don't know maybe D D Wallace is a werewolf at this point. Just start shooting. Yeah, and so like some guy holds out a gun and he's like he, he's like I have silver bullets, and the one guy's like bullshit and pulls out his own gun, and then he he like takes forever to shoot him too. And I was like, yeah. just keep shooting. This this man almost shot you because you took a hundred years. Just pull, pull it until it clicks. Just keep firing into this crowd of right. werewolves. You brought the right. bullets for this. And so they, he, instead of shooting them, he like menacingly walks towards them and they all back into the barn. And I was like, I don't, what? Yeah. They're, well, at that point they're afraid. Yeah. But again, like he's one dude with a gun, like, and he's not shooting. Right. right he's not right. shooting happy. Although, although it has been proven that if he does shoot you, you die. Yeah. Um, I did like also earlier with Robert Ricardo, he like snatched the rifle away and then later just straight up hands it back to Rob and is like, I mean, that's not going to do anything. Here you go. Knock yourself out. And then he shoots him and it's a silver bullet. And it doesn't read this way for real. But my imagination was him be like, oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) The end of Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. So they use a gun. At first, I thought they used their own gun to barricade them into the barn. And I was like, what the actual yeah. fuck are we doing? Yeah. No, that was that other guy's gun. But it does look identical. So they set the barn on fire. And I was like, cool, fire, whatever. At this point, though, I'm like, okay, back up and wait for them to get out and shoot them one by one. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. But so they run to the car and they, they're holding the gun. And then a, a werewolf, I almost said vampire, a werewolf attacks the car and I'm like, you literally brought a gun for this express purpose with special bullets to do this right. thing. I think part of it is they intentionally made it a rifle and not a handgun. So it's really clunky to try to shoot in an enclosed space. Like, and it would be genuinely difficult to shoot a rifle through the roof of a car I, in, in the car. But like, try. Oh, I, I mean, yes, agreed. But it just builds tension here because D. Wallace is like fumbling with his rifle. And so they kill that werewolf and then they drive and then the sheriff werewolf is there. And for some reason, they don't just run him over like. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, just put the pedal down and then back up and shoot his body while it's laying on the ground. Mm-hmm. Done. Come on. And then uh, I do like the the sheriff has it too. like a couple of the werewolves. They're all sort of like in the middle of transforming. So like he just has real gnarly teeth and some of the other ones have like a little bit of that face forehead arms thing going. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's this kind of clunky moment where he, so he gets out of the car to like shoot the sheriff and he does. And then he reaches, but not the deputy, the deputy. And then he reaches in the car oh, to do while it, I said, I, you said shoot the sheriff oh. and I said, but no. Oh, damn it. <laughs> he reaches in the car to do while grabs the wall and goes no gas and pulls her out. And I was like, what? 
That's the explanation. I thought he. I thought he says I smell gas. Oh, that, because okay. the car blows up right after. That's okay. That makes more sense because I was like, that's how you decide to be like. Well, that's why we have to switch cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, th- I thought he says I smell gas because they, as they're running, this are pretty good car explosions. There is, and then um, they get into the police car and start to drive away, and one last werewolf gets in and bites D Wallace. But also before the werewolf bites her, there's a bunch of extended sequences where the uh, wolves are scratching at the window and they're like, you know, pounding on the glass and stuff. And it is almost certainly why D. Wallace ends up being in Cujo. Oh, for because sure. It is basically she's basically doing the performance she does in that whole movie. This is the best acting she does in the whole thing. She's really great. She's good. Part. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like her in the whole movie, but this part, you're like, oh, I totally see why they were like, hey, we could make a whole movie where it's just her in a car with a bunch of dogs. Mm-hmm. Or just one, one dog, dog, one yeah. big dog. So they finally start shooting the wolves. I also couldn't help think, like, you know, guns are very loud. And if you're shooting <laughs> you're deaf as much as they did, they're deaf, like, permanently. So yeah, D gets bit as they drive away. And I'm like, there's how is there a full paragraph left in this Wikipedia for the last five minutes of this yeah. movie? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot happens. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't love the ending. I will say, I, I, I have some quibbles as well. But we can go ahead and get there, and then. So D. Wallace is like, I'm gonna expose werewolves on on national television. That's how. That's yeah. his button. And I'm like, okay, cool. And she does it by like transforming on yeah. camera. And her piece of shit producer is like, he first he's like, the second she stalls, you cut to commercial, and I'll take her out of there. And I was like, you yeah, yeah, shut yeah. up. She got you the story of Eddie Quist. Right, right, right. And so she's reading a speech that's not on the teleprompter and then keeps like clearly tra- like <laughs> the classic I'm transforming into a werewolf performance <laughs> of like hunching yeah, over twitching. more and more twitching, yeah, yeah, yeah. head flopping, twitching. Yeah. And she lifts her head up and it it looks like she's wearing metal Ewok? contact lenses. Oh, yes, it does. Yes. I said an Ewok when she. Oh, when she's fully transformed, she's just an Ewok. She's yeah, yeah. uh, specifically from the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah, exactly. But when she lifts her head up, why is Wicket here? (laughs) Where's Sindel? Um, it it looks like she's wearing metal contact lenses. It's cool. Yeah, they are. They are very cool. And so she turns into a werewolf, and um, they shoot her. Her friend has to shoot her with silver bullets. Yeah, like live on television. And then they, they kill the feed and it goes to a dog food commercial, which I kind of like. That was the, clever. The, the wink of, yeah. And then we cut to a bar where a dude uh, is with someone and orders her a hamburger. Well, well, first everybody in the bar thinks the werewolf thing was fake. The only guy mm-hmm. who believes it is the drunk, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Like, like, clearly that was, that, you know, that was sort of the point of the thing. I think they could have done more with that because they show a few, like a, ki- a little kid being like, uh, like, the lady on the news turned into a werewolf. And then yeah, yeah. one guy's like thumbing through the TV guide, like, what channel is this? Yeah, yeah. I could have done, done with a little more of that. Um, for some reason, the Wikipedia article thinks it's really important to know that the man at the bar orders pepper steak. Yes. With a link to the article of what pepper steak is. <laughs> and I was like, well, that is not what's important in this movie. It's not important. Although I do have some thoughts about this hamburger cooking, so we can... we can. Yeah, and he's like, and the lady will have a hamburger, and it cuts, and it's the sex witch, and she's like, yeah. rare, wink. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. you got to survive, but D. Wallace didn't. That doesn't yeah. feel fair. Not fair. Not fair. 
So that we cut to the the man running the griddle, and he's like ostensibly doing like a smash burger thing. He like mooshes down this burger patty with his spatula, mm-hmm. and then the credits start rolling, and we're like really zoomed in on this burger patty. And I'm like, wow, this is. Kind I of stopped weird. watching. Like, <laughs> I didn't continue to oh, watch. Oh no, I no, I I had to I had to let it roll. Um, and he goes to flip the burger. And he doesn't do the thing you're supposed to do, which is like you check and see if it's ready. And if it's not quite ready to release, you just wait and whatever. So he goes to flip the burger and he leaves all the beautiful crusty parts just <gasps> stuck on the griddle. Ugh. And I'm just like, sir, you have made a grave error. Here. How dare you? So uh, not quite the, uh, you know, mini podcast about eggs that we like to do. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the, I, the, they, they, they so aggressively zoomed in on this burger that I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta see. What I gotta look doing. at it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, the credits are rolling, but there's still there's still a burger happening, and then uh, there's like a little. Oh, is there a stinger that I missed? No, no, I no. Sorry, I thought <laughs> I couldn't read my own handwriting. I was like, why does it look like it says I am a ghost? It just says I am a ghast because I was horrified. Oh, at the burger. Story. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's the howling from from 1981 and Joe Dante. It's really interesting. I was reading some contemporary reviews of this, and they all talk about like how funny this is, and I don't think this movie is very. Funny. That's the thing. They were like, it's a semi-humorous script, and I was like, I don't know. There's a couple jokes, right? There's there's like a little bit of like, oh hey, we're aware that werewolf movies exist, which you know that's fine. Well, like, there's there, so there's the moment of... when Terry, right before Terry gets killed. Her boy, they cut to her boyfriend calling the sheriff, and he's like, "Don't you worry, your head, son. I'm sure your girlfriend's fine." And then they cut to her being yeah. lifted by the neck by the werewolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, okay, that's kind of fun." Like, you know, a little chuckle, but I don't know. It's not really. I wouldn't call it like a horror comedy. Right, right. It's no it's Gremlins. Not, it's nowhere near. Yeah, exactly. It's nowhere near Gremlins, which like obviously is a very funny movie. Um, but yeah, I just I was very confused. I was kind of I was kind of baffled that they were they were so. Um, that so many of the reviews called this a comedy, and I just it did not read. Com- now that I think it's like you know a dire, silly movie or anything, it, like it takes itself as seriously as it should, and it's a werewolf movie. But I, yeah, I was just I couldn't believe people calling it like oh, it's lighthearted. I'm like really, I, yeah. I so many things were like a, a more a semi humorous script, more humorous than the book, and I was like, but like th- I don't know, didn't seem that funny to me. I mean, I mean honestly, American Werewolf in London is funny. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and so I just, it was very strange to me how aggressive people were being like, oh yeah, this funny script from Joe Dante is deeply confusing to me. Uh, do you have any other final thoughts? No, it's solid. Um, I, I don't know that I like it more than American Werewolf in London. Yeah, I definitely do not, yeah. But um, it's good. I, I give I'd this, watch it again. Yeah, I give this my recommendation as well. Yeah, agreed. I, I give this my recommendation. Like I said, it's really one of those movies where it's like it really builds up to a wild last thirty minutes or so, and so the mm, first it's like alligator, a little slow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like you got to kind of do the work to get the payoff, but if you do, you are you are rewarded for your patience. Mm-hmm. Um, good performances all around. D. Wallace, excellent as always, and pretty much everybody on down through the movie, solid performances here. It's, it's a fun, it's a fun watch, even when it's a little slow in the beginning. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I couldn't believe though, how much, uh, howling Four is just the same. It's the same movie. And it was, it was, it was a huge bummer because like I said, you know, I'd never watched this before and I was excited to see it. And then it was like, Oh, I know all of the beats of this. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I highly recommend. Uh, before we head out and do the closing stuff, I just want to remind you folks to head over to patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s and check that out. 
you haven't done it yet, Patreon's pretty rad. If you sign up, uh, you get your own custom RSS feed, so you can drop it into your favorite podcast player. It's not like a separate ad or a separate app or anything you have to get. You just can, you know, add it. It just adds a second feed into whatever podcast player you like to use. It's got its own custom, you know, album art and stuff, so it, it looks different. You get a bonus episode every quarter, plus extra stuff at Christmas. And we just dropped Ghostbusters, if you're listening when this comes out. Yeah, yeah, Ghostbusters, and then we've got, you know, Christmas is right around the corner, so there'll be two bonus episodes coming in the next um, 60 days or so, and so if you haven't checked it out, it's patreon.com slash dissecting80s. It's like 17 plus hours of bonus content you get automatically, uh, just, you know, all access to at the $5 tier, so go check that out. We're, we're closing in on the bonus episode every single month, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, we've been doing movies that we really like over there, mostly, yeah. which, uh, except for Listener Request Month, which uh, isn't our pick. That's not to throw shit. We've got, but we've gotten some great ones. We've got uh, Adventures in Babysitting, yeah, yeah, yeah. someone recommended. And I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, we, but mostly the ones we pick, we've been doing stuff we really like, which is a good change of pace from the the, the main feed here, which is sometimes stuff we don't care for. Uh, so yeah, go check that out if you haven't. It's a cool way to get more content for the show. You get a sweet sticker no matter what tier you get, and then there's all sorts of great stuff like the email newsletter, and we tell you what we've been watching that's not for the show, and also you know sneak peek for the schedule. So. Check that out if you haven't. It's patreon.com slash dissecting80s. And then, you, of course, you can find us on Facebook and at, on Twitter. It's at dissecting80s on Twitter. We love to hear from you all. Tell us uh, you know, your thoughts about the show. We're always always interested. And if you haven't yet, please go review the show. Uh, wherever you get it, uh, send us a screenshot at dissecting80s at gmail.com if it's not uh, on iTunes, because I get those sent to me automatically, but I don't get them anywhere else. So if you do that, uh, send us a screenshot, and we'll read those on the air. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We return in two weeks with a very exciting capper on this werewolf month, uh, anniversary month. Alluded to earlier here, it'll be John Landis's American Werewolf in London, a movie we both hold near and dear, I think. Mm-hmm. At least I do. So really excited to get into that one. Haven't watched it in a couple of years. Excited to go revisit it. Uh, I just watched American Werewolf in Paris today, thinking I would like you know, let me watch the terrible sequel to this to see what's going on. And boy, I have some <laughs> I'll share on that episode with like, oof, a doof. Did you guys miss the mark? Uh, but yeah, uh, looking forward to that. I really like that movie. One of the earliest horror movies I ever watched. So I have a lot, uh, hmm. a lot of fun to be had there in two weeks. I, that was sort of my gateway drug to this stuff. Very cool. Back when I was a tiny little scared boy. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Hope you're having a wonderful Halloween season. I have been Trip Leno. I will always be Andrew Leno. Until next time, don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. <laughs> <laughs>